Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. Guys, today we have Jess Connolly, one of our original She's from She Reads Truth, joining us today. We're going to cover the second half of the book of Philippians. And if you listen to the end, you're going to get to hear some of our guests for the Lent study coming up. Let's get right to it. So Jess worked out this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what I didn't do. I did. And that was work out. Jess. What do, Jess, what do you do when you work out? Are you a runner? Yes, you're a runner. I know that about you. I am a runner. I do running and I do bar and I do weights. And today I did bar. Nice. That's our girl. You inspire me bar on many like, levels. Bar is a mystery to me. And I'm wondering if I should, if it should stay that way or if I should. Perhaps demystify it. Demystify. We'll see. I don't know. You got you to gotta find the right bar place. You got to find yeah. the right bar place. Some of them are, are boring and not life-giving. Some are really life-giving. There you go. Okay. And we live in Nashville, Tennessee. Certainly there is a good bar class. Yeah, but I'm going to need it to be within, you know. Uh, With an arm's reach in your basement. Five minutes from (laughs) my house. (laughs) I'm going to need it to come to me. Yeah. That's fine. Okay, gang. Philippians. Jess, scale of one to ten, how much do you love Philippians? I love Philippians so much. <laughs> I love. So, listen, listeners, what you don't know is I'm going to say also, like a nine point three. I love it. Nine point three. Nine point three. That's if specific. ten is like my favorite book of the Bible, it may be my second or my third. So, what you guys don't know is that we also have video of Jess. She's not here in the room with us, um, but she's on Skype, and so we can see her face. And before she answered with her mouth, she answered with her eyes when Amanda asked. <laughs> I'll tell you how much I love Philippians with a longer answer. I got you guys a Philippians study in the mail two weeks ago. My husband got one too. He reads truth. Incredible. We sit down, we like look over it. He looks at me and he's like, that's it. Scrap the sermon series. We're preaching through Philippians. Yeah. I was like, oh. you're very right. And we did shifted everything for the whole spring, went straight to Philippians. I mean, what a book. The book that you can read in like what, seven minutes? I mean, I listened to it on the way yeah. here. But you my can drive do a was whole less than 10 minutes. Sermon series on it because Philippians is a sermon series. It yeah. Is. Yeah. So wait, I have to back up three seconds back and ask Jess. If 10 is your favorite book of the Bible, mm-hmm. then Philippians is a 9.3. What's your favorite book? Mm-hmm. John and Luke are tied. Mm, good. That's good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, John and Luke are tied. She's I love John girl. for the emotion. I love Luke for the accuracy. Yeah. Like, I love that. Amanda, do you have a favorite I, book second, of the Bible? Second Corinthians is in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know this about me that I don't like to choose favorite you things. You do struggle to choose favorite. I, I really struggle to choose <laughs> favorite so things. That's so true about you. My yeah. children insist that I have a favorite child. And I'm like, but you don't understand. I'm, I am like, Not I'm capable. incapable of having <laughs> a favorite anything. I have been trying to shake Second Timothy for probably the last half a decade. I just okay. Second Timothy is top three too. Yeah, I mean we were in. So we're doing at church right now a sermon series on Galatians, and so much of what Scott Sauls, our pastor, was talking about, I was like loud whispering to my kids, guys, it's like what we've been talking about in Second Timothy, and like showing that I'm like the obnoxious pew mom who's like, remember how we talked about this yeah. this week? That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, um, man. We did a women's study of Beth Moore's entrusted Second Timothy last. Fall and I finished one of our nights and looked at my mom and was like, "You got to baptize me again." Like, Amazing. 
I know theologically we can't really get saved again, but something just happened to me and I feel like I got saved again. Like, let's go to the water. <laughs> something you um, want to like mark. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. especially chapter four, like when you just get in there, just like, hey, beware, like the itching ears, like of every generation looking for something new, looking for something, not being satisfied with sound doctrine. It applied right when Paul said it to Timothy and it applied right when I was sitting in the pew on Sunday. It applies to mm-hmm. like unreal yeah. living and active. Yeah, so good, you yeah. guys. Should we just talk about Second Timothy? I, mean, I just <laughs> no, because now I want to do Rachel's thing. I'm like, because so much of Second Timothy relates to Philippians. It does, like taking hold of what's been taken hold of in you. You know, yeah. it's, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. Well, you know, same author. So we're in the second week of our Philippian study. So we're reading chapters three and four. But we talked about last week how you know, it's kind of hard to parse out Philippians and talk about it in segments because it so much feels like just one big it's one enthusiastic letter. message, right, from Paul. Like I can just, you can almost, you were just talking about seeing like the light in Jess's eyes. I mean, I feel like I can imagine the light in Paul's eyes of like, guys, yeah. this is, you know, this changes everything. Yeah, And I just, he so desperately wants them to understand what he is coming to understand in his chains. And like we talked about last week, from prison, the light in his eyes from prison, because he's moved Mm -hmm. by the truth and the life-changing power of the gospel. Right. I want that light in my eyes all the time. Right. Yeah. Okay, so let's zero in, though. We have to get serious. Listeners, you guys are about to read the second week of Philippians with us and with the community. Is it just chapters three and four, Amanda? Yes. Yeah. So we got two chapters. We're going to cover the whole week, which means tons of good correlated scripture. We've curated a lot of extra stuff in there so that you can kind of see how scripture interprets scripture. A lot of Paul's epistles getting pulled in here too. Um, but chapters three and four, I mean, I would love to do guest's choice. Like, where do we want to start? What do we want to talk about? What's moving you right now? Okay, well, let's start at three. I mean, first of all, three is my favorite chapter. I have... Okay beautiful things about one and two that inspire me and encourage me, but three, chapter three is my favorite chapter for sure. And the great thing, um, Jess, about the I, She Reads Truth I, podcast is that you get to read as much scripture as you want. <laughs> Our listeners oh. love it when we just read it. So if there's anything that you're just like, hey, actually, I need you to hear this before I talk about it, like that is so in bounds. Okay, well, let's start in verse seven then. Yeah. But everything that was a gain to me I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. I really like to hear other women interpret this. Yeah. And expound on what this means to them. Yeah. Because I love a few pages later, I flip and you guys have the chart of the upside down kingdom because I'm reading this and I'm like, right, this world is upside down. But I feel like right now in 2020, as in all generations, we have to pause and we have to say, how has culture begun to infiltrate our perception of what is good and what is worthy and what is winning. Yeah. And this verse, every time, I mean, there is no stronger language to say like, so what are you counting as a win? Yeah. And that that's an ongoing question, you know, like, because Mm -hmm. he has it in the past tense now, like everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be lost. And he, you know, earlier, is it earlier in the book or where he lists like, Hey, here are my qualifications. Yeah. You know, on Mm -hmm. paper, there's nobody better. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I am qualified, but even that is 
dung, right? Like yeah. that's the word that he uses is rubbish, trash. And so mm-hmm. I get the sense that he's talking kind of about that, but it feels to me that it's also just ongoing. Like, you know, what constantly analyzing, like what is our actual gain? What is our truest gain? Yeah, Amanda, that's actually the very next verse. He's, uh, Paul says, mm-hmm. indeed, I count everything is lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. You're right. In right order there. that I may gain Christ and be found in him, mm-hmm. not having a righteousness of my own heart that comes from the law, but that which comes through the faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Oh, that's right. We're right in the middle of it. So we're right in the middle pre- of it. Right previous right. to that is where he was listing all of his mm-hmm. his resume, essentially. We, we cheated a little bit last week and kind of tiptoed into chapters uh-huh. three and four a little bit. That's the thing about Philippians is I feel like it's, it's one letter. So, it's one, yes. one piece. It's so one tied. Word. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think it's a fun moment to almost even you know, if we're calling things good or bad or a win or a lose or a success or a failure, like three, seven, three, eight, it's a really kind of fun moment, you know, for most of our lives to make a list of like, what's going good? Like what's winning? Mm -hmm. And then ask ourselves like, is that a kingdom win? And then even asking ourselves, like, do we know that Jesus is better? Right. And, and just to like do the reflecting or the, that present tense taking account of what is the win. And then also just saying, you know, I'm always cautious to use the word should, but I think that there's so much to know when we do pay attention to that word. And so what should we be aiming for? What should mm-hmm. our aim be? Because you can take account and you can look back, um, but you can also reorient and go, okay, what would be gain today? Right. Right here in verse 10, he says what his goal is. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. We talked about this last week that like Mm -hmm. his goal is to know Jesus through his sufferings. Like that, like (laughs) which Mm -hmm. Amanda, you were talking before we, before we got connected with Jess this morning about suffering specifically Mm -hmm. and Paul talking about it in Philippians. And you were saying like, it was interesting use of a word. What was that word? It was granted. So I was reading in the CSB and this is in chapter one, but again, the same theme. So let's see, it's in verse 29 for it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had and now hear that I have. So it it says it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. And so the word Mm -hmm. granted there is so interesting to me, like suffering for Christ has been granted to us. It's a privilege. And so I even looked it up to see like, well, maybe it doesn't mean what I think it means, you know, because Mm. always looking for like, well, maybe the original meaning will give us a way out (laughs) 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 or a way deeper in. And it is a Greek phrase that means this is just, I'm just pulling from my Blue Letter Bible app to do something pleasant or agreeable, to do a favor, gratify, to show oneself gracious, kind, benevolent, like to -hmm. give graciously. So our suffering for Christ's sake is something that's been given to us graciously from the heart of the father. Like that is not talk about upside down kingdom. Yeah. Right. That's not the way that I view and, to count, and that's, you know, if we're saying that that's what we count as gain, right. that the gain has not just been pursued by us or a sacrifice by us, but it's something that's been graciously granted to us. Yeah. And I don't know what that, like, I want to process that and think about, like, what does that look like today? Like, actually, mm-hmm. today for me, 
to think about any suffering, any frustration, any hurting of my pride that has happened before we even hit record this morning. Like, what changes when I look at that as something that's been granted by Christ to share in his suffering, to become more like him? And out of that, how is my response so different? Yeah. And the, in the very same breath, yeah. like, and experiencing him, joining him in the power of the resurrection. Yeah. Like, yes. and both, like, and both. And on, we're recording this on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, we get to do both. Yeah. Like, both are a gift to us that we get to look and see, like, what's he making new? Yeah. What's he fixing? Where is he bringing redemption? Where is he bringing hope? And where is he bringing patience and perseverance and joy in the midst of suffering? Where is he doing both? That's exactly like we get to share in Christ's suffering and we get to share in his resurrection. We get to be made new and we get to share in that life. And going back to where we were originally in chapter three, verse 10, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection, like just you just said, and the fellowship of his sufferings. So that's Mm -hmm. why it's a privilege. That's why it's a grace, because in our suffering, there is yep. a fellowship with Jesus that we don't, that's unique to suffering. And this is just a theme that it just keeps, you know, we pray before we hit record every week. And I just trust that if this is a theme that continues to come up, that that is by God's design and not ours. Because we don't like set out to talk about the tension between, you know, joy and suffering in the life of a believer every week, but that it comes around almost every week. And here's the thing that I I really like, because, you know, if our guardrails to talk about this week are chapters three and four, it's almost silly, not silly. It's almost funny to me, though, that once we get to chapter four, once we get to that last chapter from Paul, and he says, I've learned the secret to being content, and he uses the word secret. It's almost funny Mm -hmm. to me, because if you're paying attention at all in chapter two, in chapter three, he's, it is no longer a secret by the Mm -hmm. time you get to chapter four. And for him to say, you know, in 412, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. And in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's sweet to me that it's a secret, but if you've been paying attention, you know by now that it can be known, that it is not unknowable. I love that. Yeah. It is yeah. not unknowable. And one of those sweet things about the upside down kingdom, that it just so happens that once you hear it, once you hear it like a few times in a row and it's, you're building to it and you're building to it and he's saying it so clearly that like the beautiful, like common sense parts of our spirit, the way he made us in his image, start to agree and that you're like, what's the other option? Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. That we're all just here and it hurts and that nothing happens. Right. Like that sounds horrible. Right. Right. So yeah, of course, of course, because he can't not be good because he can't not be loving because he can't not like make the most of every part of our lives, the good and the hard. And so not only is it just like wildly upside down from what the world might tell us, Mm -hmm. but it also like somehow deeply makes sense in our spirit because he is vast and wild and also like he makes sense to us sometimes yeah sometimes Sometimes. yeah you know but isn't it sweet when he does yeah is it yeah was it john or peter (laughs) is peter that said where else would we go yeah lord you hold the words of eternal life like you know where he's like hey do you guys want to leave too well where would we go yeah (laughs) you know and you know we've seen what I'm now I'm ad-libbing but having seen what we've seen and knowing what we know and I feel like that Mm. goes for 
us too. I mean, that, you know, we, I haven't lived a ton of life, but like having seen what I've seen, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like Mm -hmm. I would have said that even as a 20 year old, you know, like Mm -hmm. who had just started kind of paying attention to the upside down kingdom that I would have said, no, no, Mm -hmm. I've seen enough because when the spirit opens your eyes to the evidence of like the reality of the kingdom of God, it is so jarring Mm -hmm. and like, there's no other, it's just what you said, Jess. It's like, there's not an alternative. Like it is completely nonsensical and also makes perfect sense. (laughs) So here's what I love about one Jess Connolly, if I may wax so eloquently. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that as a percentage of our listeners know Jess. I hope a lot of them. If not, you're all going to know her now. You need to know um, Jess. So I've known Jess for almost eight years, and Amanda has too. And um, what you may or may not know is that Jess is one of the original she's. So Jess mm-hmm. is one of those original four whose love for scripture and for women played a very pivotal role in the foundation of She Reads Truth. And Jess actually led She Reads Truth with me for the first year and a half, Mm -hmm. right about there. And here are some things that are beautiful about that. One, She Reads Truth is one of many legacies Jess Mm. Connolly is leaving in the kingdom. Mm. So true. One of many. And I think that when we talk, when we're having this conversation about upside down kingdom, which is what brings me to this, is that I see that Jess in you. I see that love and that understanding of and that drive toward the upside down kingdom. You know, why is Jess Connolly not still with She Reads Truth, right? Like, because she's incredible Mm. and she has so much to offer the kingdom and women and the conversation about scripture reading. And I don't know, Jess, if I'm allowed to just keep talking about you, but I am. (laughs) I mean, listen, it's a horrible Tuesday for me. (laughs) But the thing that Jess demonstrated for me, I think before I even understood it for myself in some ways, was this pursuit of a kingdom that didn't look like the world. And even in her um, really difficult, but also not difficult decision to walk away from leading She Reads Truth in favor of planting a church with her husband and leading a group of women on the internet in a different way and in a really important way, she gave up something good for something that she was called to Mm -hmm. obediently go to. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But Jess, Mm -hmm. you understand the kingdom. And I just like the way that you demonstrate not just that one time for me, but just over and over and over again, you teach so much by the way that you live. And that's something that we on this podcast have been talking so much about lately is just like, what do we learn about people by their actions? You know, we talked about Joseph never being quoted in scripture. The only things we know about him are his actions. And I love that, Jess. Sorry, Amanda keeps wanting to butt in, but she's politely not interrupting me. No, I, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm over here nodding and yeah. humming. But here's what I want to ask Jess about that, because I agree with all of that. And if I had to choose, and this is not just us trying to make our podcast guests look good. Like, we deeply love you, Jess, and you know that. But when I think of a word that describes your relationship with the Lord, the word obedience is one of the first that comes to mind for me. And that's probably a weird thing to hear about yourself, because, you know, like, you know your (laughs) internal, like, struggles and... What I want to know is, I want to know the whatever you're willing to share, because we've seen you be sensitive to the Spirit and follow the Spirit's leading into 
so many different facets of your ministry, your family. And I know, because I know you, you're a very joyful person, and these things can be very difficult, these acts Mm -hmm. of obedience. And so how does this message from Philippians, how does it fuel and encourage this life of really radical obedience where it's not like what Paul says. It's not just what looks good on paper. Let's do that. It's where's the spirit leading and where am I in fellowship with Jesus and with others in the kingdom? It's the, whatever I had counted as gain, I count as loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to hear more about that. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm going to give you a minute. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk more about Philippians with Jess Connelly. Hey friends, Hannah here. Let's check in. By now, you're over a month into the new year. Are you feeling tired, overwhelmed, and thrown off beat? Or rested, refreshed, and full of rhythm? However you're feeling, we're here to help. Our number one tool to a vibrant life in the Word is our She Reads Truth subscription box. Let us do the planning for you. Every month, we'll send you a brand new study book filled with daily scripture readings and all sorts of beautiful extras to enhance your understanding of the Bible. Save 15% on your first subscription box when you use the code BOX15. Head on over to shopshereadstruth.com slash box for more details. Okay, we're back. Jess, if you're willing to kind of like pull back the curtain and talk about your innermost thoughts and struggles, how does this life that you live so joyfully and it's so encouraging to so many women And you are transparent when things are hard, but how does this message from Paul like specifically inform that life that you and Nick and your kids lead? Yeah. Okay. I'm, you guys are asking the best question. So I'm going to, well, thank you. We are seasoned podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) 10 episodes in. Um, So I'm going to give you the most real answer. I'm going to circle back and say, I love She Reads Truth and I love you too. And I love your whole team more than like words can ever say. And nothing, you guys can see me crying. The podcast listeners can't see me crying, but nothing is making my life more right now than, you know, being in bed beside my husband and us both opening our Philippians and just thanking God aggressively for you guys and for your ministry and for what's to come. It's good. So this podcast is not about that, but I love you too so much. Here's the truest, truest, truest truth. (laughs) I've never said this out loud. The way the Lord has written my life. I don't know that scripture has always been necessarily in the past. I want it to be. I don't know that scripture has always been the roadmap as much as it's been the comforter for like the map God has had me on. Wow, I love that. So you go back to even like, the day that I, you know, Rach and I have talked about this day, the day that I, that I called her and was like, listen, I can't do she reads truth anymore. You go back to that day. I wasn't reading a passage that morning. Like yeah. what happened is the Holy spirit made me sick to my stomach and convicted me so hard and wise counsel had, you know, friends, family had come to me and said like, something's got to go. It's just that nobody thought that it was going to be she reads truth. They went like everybody in my life, like looked at like where the fruit was and they were like, that's going to be a big deal. So you should do that. But like something else is going to have to go. But Holy Spirit had, was churning in me, convicting in me and saying like, you know, you're not supposed to pick the thing that's supposed to, that's going to be the most successful. 
this is where I want you like right here beside your husband. And so, but what is true is that scripture comforted me after the fact. And I'm just going to be honest, like the way the Lord's written my life, like I am not Paul. (laughs) Um, You guys know this about me. Like, you know, people who are in my life know this about me. Like I am really not like a natural born success. Like I barely passed high school. Like I shouldn't have gotten into college. I'm not a natural born leader. Like I don't have a high amounts of woo. I, for so much of my life, feel like I've been catching up to what God has dragged me to. And so even what I would agree with you, I mean, I would just agree that the last few years and genuinely, I believe the next seven years of my life are going to be marked by choosing the less worldly successful things Mm -hmm. and investing all I've got there. And it's going to look upside down and it's counter intuitive to the advice that most people would give, including a lot of believers. It's not that necessarily that I like read some verse and I'm like, I should pattern my life this way. Yeah. What usually happens for me is like a gut spirit led or like life just kind of throws me there. For example, like you both know this, I've now been homeschooling two out of the four of our kids. That was not a choice. Like that was not, <laughs> yeah. that was not a like, let me sit quietly and pray and like scripture right. will inform me and I'll, I'll, I'll go do it. It was like, God was like, you don't have a choice. <laughs> like you're, you have to homeschool these two kids. So um, this kind of backwards move as like a, as like a working mom to be like, okay, actually what I think God's telling me is the next seven years for me are going to be kind of back to like the first seven years of my motherhood where I'm going to like be home a lot more and have my hands on my kids a lot more and meet a lot of their like basic needs again. And here's why it's important to know that that's not derived from scripture because that's not right for everybody. Right. Yeah. Like most people, when their kids are 13 to 20 are feeling a lot more freedom as well. They should, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Um, but it's, but God's making me aware, like this is where you're needed. And same like with our church, like this is real talk that I make this mistake all the time on podcasts where I forget that other people are going to hear this. So just, I'm just making that mistake publicly right now. Um, (laughs) Our church is not that big. Yeah. Our church is really small. And that's not because we wanted to have a small church. It's because like, I think that's the capacity we have as leaders. Mm -hmm. And I think for whatever reason, like that's the way God wrote our story it's not the way we pictured it going. So where God's word has comforted me on the back end is before a Sunday or after a Sunday when I'm like, this is not shiny. This is not fun. I had to clean the toilets again. Like we don't get paid enough or like anytime I like, I struggle with those things. And then I go to God's word and he's like, "Uh -uh, look, watch Mm -hmm. like you win, you win. Somebody in the big church where they don't have to clean the bathrooms, they win too. Because they're being obedient and they're showing up and they're giving what they've got. Like, so I just want to be honest to say that I don't know that I'm an overtly obedient person. (laughs) (laughs) I think the way God's wired me is like, he's made a lot of decisions simple Mm -hmm. and he's made me very uncomfortable with disobedience. Yeah. And he's comforted me with his word after I've had no choice. Yeah. 
Jess, I love this on so many levels. One thing that I just like, I can't shake out of my head is that you said these decisions didn't come from scripture because if they had, then everyone would be expected to be doing the same thing and living the same way. And, yeah. and what you're saying is we walk with the Lord and we, we yeah. walk with the spirit. Yeah. We know the spirit and we can hear the spirit. And in yeah. that, the decisions that we make when we're walking with the Lord naturally honor and obey him. And then we find comfort in the word. I love that so much. I think that that is in many ways when it comes to, you know, walking with the Lord is, is a theme that we've talked about this year Mm -hmm. on this podcast. We talked Mm -hmm. about it with Rebecca Lyons. And so when I hear you saying, when we're like, man, I think of the word obedience, when I think of you, Jess, and, and really I feel like, well, it's kind of a correction of like what I perceive as obedience is more, the fabric of your relationship with the Lord and with scripture. And it's not, not obedience, but it does kind of give the image of like, of what you just said of like, well, you know, I prayed about it. This is what I felt like the Lord wanted me to do. So we did that thing when I think Mm -hmm. really it probably resonates with more people (laughs) because this seems to be more of like the mystery of our faith that some things work like that. Yes. But also we're living our lives. We, you know, in him, we live and move and have our being. So it's not, there aren't these like stops and starts all the time where we get to, you know, where we get time and to figure out, well, what is the next step? Because we're walking with the Lord. Like it is a motion Mm -hmm. and a movement. And so, and it's really complex. And the other thing I love is that your honesty is such a picture of God's grace and how this is how he deals with us. He deals with us in grace. Mm-hmm. And so, but what's funny is you said you're not Paul, and I promise I'm not setting you up on a pedestal as Paul. I mean, because, you know, Paul wouldn't have sat on that pedestal anyway. He said so himself. Um, but in this <laughs> same chapter, just right after where we were reading, it reminds me in chapter three, so this is just right after where we were reading. And just in light of what you just said and kind of that confession of like, listen, (laughs) doing the best I can and God, you know, verse 12, not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. And I mean, that is so, it feels just hand in hand with what you're saying, because, you know, there is this constant of like, what's behind is what's behind. I don't know how I got here, but here we are. I know that you're with me. I want to walk with you just keep going. Like I'm just, I'm chasing Mm -hmm. after the hope that I know is secured and, you know, in Jesus and has promised to me in Jesus. And so it really does feel more of a, like, we're on this train (laughs) by the grace of God and, and he's with us. And every day, I mean, new mercies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, my favorite thing about that passage, that three eleven three twelve is like the pinnacle for me. I got really obsessed with that take hold of word. It's the root of it in Greek is catalambano. I got really obsessed with it a few years ago. Every time I say it, my husband says I sound Italian. Oh. Like catalambano. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I don't know that I say it with the with the best intonation, but I got really obsessed with it. And it, it gives me like football vibes. I'm not a sports 
girl. It gives, um, me, it gives football me football vibes. vibes because it's it's like a grabbing and pulling down. There's derivatives of that in the word. And I like that visual of just like, I'm going to like take hold of this thing. I'm going to jump on top of it. This thing that he's taken hold of, like in me, for me, through me. Yeah. And so what's interesting about that and this whole weaving thing of obedience and joy and suffering is kind of this specific grace that we have access to and the power of the communication with Holy Spirit about like what's for us and what's not for us. So I think there's some power in kind of every day and every season going to him and saying like, okay, I do need to forget what's behind. I do want to press on towards what's ahead. What is it? Yeah. What is it for me? <laughs> you know? I'd sure love um, to know. And, yeah. And sometimes maybe it's just like joy. Like yeah. you purchased joy for me on the cross. Maybe sometimes it's like, and it's an actual vision or a direction or a, a thing. And so I think that's so powerful to know and to pause for each of us to say like, what is it? What is it today? Mm-hmm. I love just, it? it didn't have to be something you could grab hold of or put on your calendar. I love that the pressing yeah. forward can simply be the joy that Christ purchased for us on the cross. It doesn't 100%. have to be, I'm pressing forward toward this mission trip, you yeah. know, or I'm yeah. pressing forward to, you know, this new opportunity that I have yeah. to write this devotional. I mean, even just that, just to camp out there of the, you know, like new opportunity. Like we so live in the kingdom of grab mm. hold of your new opportunities. Ugh. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it is so, it can really get into, just worm its way into our brains, mm-hmm. even to, you know, talk about truth adjacent to like, is it a disservice to the kingdom if I don't grab hold of this opportunity? Like, we really can get off track. The kingdom and, needs me. Yeah, we really can get off track there. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, we've had conversations recently about Esther. Yeah. And how, you know, how Mordecai says, you know, listen, the deliverance is going to come. Are you are you in or are you out? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's going to come. Deliverance will rise up from some... If you do not do what needs mm-hmm. to be done, deliverance will rise up from someplace else. Right. But could it be that you were placed in the kingdom for such a time as this? What an invitation, what a thing that is granted to us, like mm-hmm. you said, Amanda, but also the Lord will work and the Lord will move and the Lord will call his people and the Lord will serve his people and the Lord will give joy to his people. Those things, deliverance, joy, the growth of his kingdom and the forward movement of that will rise from somewhere else. But you could be invited into this. Yeah. And because, again, upside down kingdom that also makes sense like it's good for us <laughs> when we say like, okay, the thing I'm going to like aggressively take hold of, it's not going to be this new job. It's not going to be this thing. It's not going to be this, this worldly blessing. Um, when we say, because he's taken hold of it in me, through me, for me, I will aggressively take hold of it. Whether that's like daughtership, like, you know what? 2020 is not going to be about like getting fit. It's going to be about me knowing that I'm a daughter of Christ. Like just FYI, if you really aggressively seek to take hold of the fact that you're a daughter of Christ, like you will take care of your body. You might get fit. <laughs> like it's yeah. an upside As down kingdom that just happens to make sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, if you go for the kingdom things, like stuff starts to situate out on earth. This isn't the prosperity gospel. It's not like do one plus two, get six. No, but you're, you're it's, basically it's bigger than that. paraphrasing, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will yeah. be added, but seek first the kingdom. 
Right. It's about the kingdom. It's not about the things. Yeah. Yeah. I love the order of this verse, just to continue to kind of harp on this verse 12 that I love. It's, and you've said it, Jess, I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Jesus. So Jesus takes hold of me first. And then I can take hold, you know, like it reminds me of Sandra McCracken has a lyric and a song and I think it's steadfast, but I'm not sure which song, but it's, I'm holding on to you, Lord, you're holding on to me. And it's this, you know, we can hold on because he's holding on to us. And the thing that is, um, that is always true is that he is always holding us. Mm -hmm. We may not Mm -hmm. always be holding him, Mm -hmm. but he is always holding us. And so Mm -hmm. I love that, you know, you get the sense that there's a a restfulness or what's the word, a security in Paul's words. There's a peace. A a peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In his, even just his posture here, it's like, it's both at the same time confident, but also, unassuming you know like I'm super confident in who I am in Jesus and because of Jesus but I also don't pretend that this hinges on me like he's the one Mm -hmm. who's working I like that you use the word security too yeah yeah and I don't think that it's a oh now we've got it and we move forward in life with it I think it is a constant coming back to it's why you two were passionate back at the very beginning about being in the word every day. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. this whole army of us said, yes, me too. Like I want, because that's how often I need to remember. Yeah. You know, like it's every Mm -hmm. day and I, you know, it doesn't always happen that way every day, but it's not a, well, you're off track. It's why we have grace days. You know, it's not like you're off track. So never mind. Now start back to the beginning. No, it's just a every day start new. And this is true every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, girls, I think like we expected, we could go on about Philippians, even just chapters three and four. Which is fine, because that just means that, Jess, you have to come back soon. In I'm Jesus asking you on air is. so that you have to say yes. Yeah. Accountability. <laughs> Everyone's listening. Okay, so before we wrap, Jess, one of the things that we do to close out this podcast is Beauty, Goodness, and Truth, where we, you know, during the meat of the podcast, we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. And then we kind of walk out by finding beauty, goodness, and truth in our lives and in the world. And so, Jess, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have anything? Where's the, where are you seeing beauty, goodness, and truth in your life right now? I'm going to tell you the realest thing. The hardest thing about my life right now is parenting. Yeah. <laughs> can I, can I get an amen from the choir? <laughs> Got a hand up over here. And I just, I, we went to bed last night with one of our kids, just hard hearted and mad and angry. And they woke up this morning and like a hug and a smile and I'm sorry. And that does not always happen. That's not always the norm, but it was just like, you know, my little frozen heart melted. And I remembered like God changes hearts. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Oh, that's good. I feel like we should, we just stick Out the landing on beauty, that. Goodness, and truth I mean, that's all, all of it. Seriously. Oh, man. We've been spending some time in prayer with and for our, our teenager as well. Just like, all right, mm. we're fighting for you. We love you. And there is space for you and the Holy Spirit. You take your time. We trust the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and by take your time, I mean go to your room. Go away right now from me <laughs> so I don't hurt you. So the thing when I think about the Holy Spirit and my children, I always think of my friend Kelly 
said that this is like fourth hand, that a woman in her church told her they were talking about the prayers of this child. Like this child prayed for my friend who then kind of went into remission of her medical condition. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And she was just exclaiming kind of like, this is crazy. And the woman said, there's no junior Holy Spirit. And I think of that all the time, mm-hmm. that it's the same. It's not like, oh, as they grow, the Holy Spirit grow. No, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if the yeah. Holy Spirit is living in my child, period, yeah. the end. Like, yeah. that's just true. And it's as true for my child, no matter his or her age or size, as it is for yeah. me as a grown-up, as it is for my mom, who I look up to as, like, a spiritual mentor. Like, it's just true. Yeah. And so, yeah. praise the Lord. Yeah. Amanda, do you have anything? I know. I mean, honestly, we could just drop the mic right there because this is beautiful. I like knowing I'm not alone as a frustrated parent Mm. and as a parent who I think parenting reminds me of my weakness more than probably any other role in my life. Yeah. For sure. And reminds me of my need for Christ and reminds me of my relationship with Christ. It's all of those things. And, 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 and. I have have a little thing. Yeah, let's Um, hear it. I... I'm holding in my hand a bracelet that I've only had for, I don't know, I guess I've had it about a month and a half now. But our friend, and I say our because she's our mutual friend, our friend Lindsay has a ministry called Bottle of Tears. And it's really beautiful and special because Lindsay sends, it's a place where you can buy a gift for a friend who's grieving. And so that they know that they're seen and their tears matter to God. And so when we were going through the year last year (laughs) of, you know, lots of ups and downs, suffering, fear, lots of things. She sent me a bracelet that said warrior. And it was kind of about Mm -hmm. my child, you know, and me, I think it was meant for both of us. And so I wore it every day that he was in the hospital and he's been home now for a while. And I just kind of felt the Lord's nudge to like, you can take that off. Like I got it, you know, got Mm -hmm. it from here. And so I'm sending that to a friend, but I then promptly went to Lindsay's website and bought a new bracelet (laughs) to replace it because I'd gotten used to wearing one. And this one says one day at a time, which felt exactly right for me because it's kind of what we were just talking about, like this walking with the Lord. Like it truly, it has to just be right now, one step, one day at a time. I do not know where we're headed. I do not know what to expect, but you know, I know the Lord. And so Lindsay's ministry is beautiful to me. And this truth of like, we truly can, it's, everything's not about opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, like we truly can walk with the Lord in step with the spirit one day at a time Mm -hmm. and trust that, that that's enough. It's so much, Amanda. I love that. I mean, that's what we talked about today. You know, what am I going to grab hold of? Mm -hmm. And it's likely not something I can also put on a calendar, but I'm going to grab hold of on one day at a time. I'm going to grab hold of the joy that is purchased for me, the, the daughterhood that is purchased I mean, for me. May it be true of us. Yeah. Right? I love yeah. that. Guys, mine are, my mm. beauty, goodness, and truth is not deep. It rarely is. Is I it am food? A, I, am I always a, count on Rachel to talk about food. I promise yes. there is a depth to me, but I'm generally by this portion of the episode, I'm thinking like, okay, you know, what's my beauty, goodness, and truth? And it's usually not that deep. We have a new puppy at our house and she was a little bit of a surprise. I think we've kind of like thought for the last couple of months that's something that we will work to. But there's the thing about getting the new puppy, the beauty and the goodness and the truth in that has not actually been the dog for me. It has been, although she is beautiful. She's lovely. She's, she really her name is, is Honey. 
Um, <gasps> yeah, she, she's a good yes, girl. She is. Um, but so the cute. thing that's been like so moving to me has been the way that I have come to understand who my daughter is more in this process. Mm. It's been so sweet because she is a quiet person, but she is a very driven and focused person. And it has been really sweet to unpack this side of her personality. She's been working towards this for months quietly. She hasn't been loudly going, I'm going to let the dog out. I'm going, our other dog, I'm taking care of this. I'm feeding, you know, several months into that, she sat down with her dad and said, I really want to get a dog. And he said, okay, well, you know, that's a lot of responsibility. She said, I understand that. I want to point back over the last two months and show you the work that I've been doing to prove to you that I can do this. Okay. Okay. And then we can look back. She was like, if you can think back to, you know, when our dog goes to the door, who lets her out? It's me always like I and she's just so delightfully focused and I think driven in a way that you can't say no to and I just think she's so cool and gonna be the coolest adult and she is her mother's daughter I mean like truly where she's she's learned that she has learned a little bit of that from from being focused so the puppy is great I'm delighted but it's been really fun to see a new little aspect of Hazel's personality oh that's so and the dog is I mean Beautiful creation of the Lord. You'll see honey in the love show honey. notes. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. Okay, guys. So honey is my grandmother name. No. Just in case anyone wants that. to. That's so when my you're grandma aunt name. You will be honey. Yeah. I'm already honey now to one of my nephews. Nobody else has caught on, but the youngest one calls me honey. Okay. I love yes. that. So Jess, you know that our kids call Ryan's mom groovy. Like it's granddad and groovy. I mean, I think a good grandma name is, is excellent. And you should pick it. You should just pick it when you're 20 and like, let it be. Shoot. I love that. (laughs) I'm going to start. It's going to be a while. So I'm going to just take hold of what has been taken hold of already for you. You know what I'm saying? Get real football. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Gang, this is the last week of Philippians laying ahead of you. Go be in the word this week. Be in the book of Philippians. Find comfort in it find encouragement from it. We are so excited to walk through chapters three and four with you this week. And then don't forget, next week starts Lent, uh, believe it or not. We're going to do six weeks in the book of Jeremiah and then one week of Holy Week. And guys, we have some really good, we don't have all of our guests confirmed yet, but I will say we have Andrew Peterson for Holy Week, which we're super excited about. We've got Sally Lloyd-Jones coming to talk to us, not just about Lent and Jeremiah for us, but what that looks like for kids, which will be a beautiful little conversation she to get to have. Delight. Lots to look forward to. Come back next week. Let's start Lent together. I feel like if you're going to do Lent, do it together. And listen, we love these conversations with you and with Jess and our friends who love the word. If you are encouraged by this and you're loving it too, would you leave a review? It just takes a minute, even if you just click the stars, like it just helps other people join in the conversation and find us and this is truly a the more the merrier situation so leave a review just take a second it would mean a ton to us and come back next week until then rachel what do we say keep opening your bibles